Welcome to the drdavidmarlin.com Stable Science Podcast. I'm Dr. David Marlin, and along with a great team of experts, I'm helping horse owners and riders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. In these podcasts, we will discuss science-led research, technology, information, and advice to help you care for your horses so they may live healthier, happier, and longer lives. To support the podcast and all our research and science for horses, go to our website, www.drdavidmarlin.com, and to learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Dr. David Marlin's Stable Science Podcast. In this podcast, I'm going to be talking about headaches, specifically headaches in horses. My name is Dr. Gillian Tabor. I'm a chartered physiotherapist, and I specialize in the treatment and the rehabilitation of horses. And in my day-to-day work, I see quite a lot of horses that I potentially think have headaches. And through this podcast, I'm going to explain why I think this might be so, uh, what I can do about it, and then a little discussion on potentially how we could measure the presence of a headache or even the effect of treatment for a headache. So we know in humans that headaches are unfortunately quite common. Um, They have many different sources, um, some more serious than others. Um, But one main reason for people having headaches is that they have problems in their neck that refer sort of up and through and over the head and create pain um, that can be confused with a sort of primary head cause, if you like. So these headaches are called cervicogenic headaches. So they have an origin in the cervical spine. And this can be from a number of factors. So if you think about the structures in the top of the neck, uh, we have the vertebrae. We have seven cervical vertebrae. And in between each of those vertebrae, we have pairs of joints on either side that are called called the facet joints. And they are very small. um, And actually the size of the 
cartilage area is roughly the size of your little fingernail. And then coming out uh, close to those are the nerve roots that exit from the spinal cord and they travel down uh, into your upper limb, into your arm. So there's a lot of structures that from an uh, osseous, so a pony region and from a neurological reason that can cause pain. Also in that area, we have the ligaments that travel between the bones. Um, we have the discs in between the vertebrae from um, C2 downwards. Um, and then also we have the muscles in the region. So we have the soft tissues as well. Now, all of these structures have got sensors inside them and they're called uh, nociceptors. And these will uh, create uh, the pain sensation that we perceive in our brain um, as something that is hurting. So if they get stimulated for whatever reason, um, then it's perceived as pain. We also have uh, receptors that measure for stretch and they measure for pressure, they measure for temperature and they measure for sort of chemical presence that also get switched on if there is something uh, a little bit amiss in this region. So there's lots of potential for causes for pain in the region. The other factor is that actually the um, muscles in the region are um, connected in small bundles between the vertebrae and also across larger distances spanning a number of vertebrae. But they then go and attach onto the base of the skull. So the bone at the back of our head is called the occiput and um, there are then obviously the other parts of the skull that are connected on for, from that. But the soft tissues aren't sort of individual they all link together and potentially um, if we've got tension in one area it can create tension in another area and especially when you think about the concept of these myofascial chains in the area um, then you can understand that even if you have some dysfunction in an area that is distance from the head from the skull potentially it can have an effect on it. So yeah, there's any uh, lots of reasons in the cervical spine that can cause headaches that refer up into the um, into the head. So if I'm thinking about horses and I'm thinking about their anatomy in the region, now of course the spine is horizontal, not vertical. Um, their head is attached in a different way, and the mass of the units between the head and neck is obviously going to be different. However, the fundamental principles of the structures are the same. We've still got the cervical vertebrae, we've still got the nerve roots exiting um, between the vertebrae through the foramen, we've got the pairs of the facet joints, we've got the same uh, particular differences in the upper cervical region between the first and the second cervical vertebrae, which are actually have a different shape and form to the lower cervical vertebrae. We've got the soft tissues as well that have pretty much a similar arrangement in terms of those that travel between and across single joints and those that span multiple joints. We've also got in the neck a very well-developed nuchal ligament, which comes from the thoracic spine all the way up sort of 
um, underneath the main, so in the crest region, and attaches onto the occipital bone um, between the ears. Slightly more developed than in the human because of the uh, purpose of it, well, its role in um, holding the head and um, its uh, control of the position of the head, which is different because ours is obviously vertical. But thinking about any number of those structures and the neurophysiology in that area, they will have the same um, the same causes uh, of pain in that region that we do. So I believe that horses have headaches that are caused by um, pain in the neck. So they have them of cervical genic origin. And when I look at what happens to horses, I know that there is a lot of risk of injury in that cervical region and particularly in the upper cervical area. So if you imagine a horse that is traveling at high speed and unfortunately has a rotational fall, you would picture that the tissues on the top of the neck would be subject to overstretching so we could have muscular pathology because of tearing we could have ligamentous damage we could have compression and torsion and torque through the joints uh, as well which could cause damage and then ultimately all of that is going to be sort of picked up by our uh, sensory system of our neurological pathways that is going to then result in those pain signals traveling up towards the um, brain and central nervous system. So we can have overstretching and tearing of muscles. We can also have um, whiplash effects. So if you see a horse that slips or stumbles and then quite violently jerks its head and neck, then we can have that sudden increase in muscular action as a sort of a saving mechanism that also can have some compromise on the integrity of the um, muscular tenderness system and uh, you know the ligaments in the area as well. So those can cause pain. So the other thing that we need to consider unfortunately is what we do with our horses. Now I don't want to get into a a debate about head and neck position but if we hold any position for long durations of pain, uh, sorry long durations of time then that is likely to result in pain. If you think about yourself, even in a good posture, if you sit on a wooden bench for a long duration, trying to maintain the so-called perfect curves of the spine, your neutral alignment with a a little lordosis of your lumbar spine and um, really upright in your thoracic spine, after a while, maintaining that posture for a long duration in that sort of static position is going to create discomfort. And we do do that with our horses, unfortunately, do training through training. We do have them fixed in one position for a long time. And whether that causes um, issues with circulation, you know, lack of oxygen to the tissues, or it causes overuse and those muscles then fatigue and have pain, you know, that is a, um, a consideration during our training that might actually provoke pain. We've also got issues in the upper cervical region with the tack that we have in that area. Um, We know that there is some influence on poorly fitting tack onto the tissues because of um, pressure put on there that isn't evenly distributed. We also consider that if the, the fit is wrong you know the brow band is too small or the headpiece is pulled onto the back of the ears that could be a problem. 
but also if a horse is pulled back where it's wearing a head collar or even if it's not got a flat webbing head collar but it's got a rope head collar and we're pulling on it uh, or the horse is pulling because it's tied up with it then that can cause trauma to that region as well. So we've got multiple causes and um, I'm hoping that you'll all agree with me that it is really possible that horses suffer the same kind of pain as a result of um, pathology and dysfunction in the neck as humans do. So what can we do about it? Well, firstly, we need to recognise it. And how do we recognise it? Well, we're getting quite confident with the idea that we could recognise pain through facial expressions in the horse. So how are they holding their ears? Are they um, moving them around normally or are they fixed and asymmetric and wide? Um, the other areas to look at are the eyes and the nostrils and the mouth. So I'm sure all of you are familiar with this idea of this peaking, this little triangle above the eye that suggests the horse is suffering some discomfort. And it's very different to that relaxed soft eye that you see in a horse that um, is you know, truly comfortable and um, we perceive is, is feeling um, well and doesn't have pain. Moving further down the face, then the shape of the nostrils changes if the horse is in pain and the way they hold their lips and their chin also does as well. Mm. In worst cases, we might get some behavioural changes when the horse is ridden. So if we look towards the ridden um, horse pain ethogram, uh, we are looking to see changes of head position, perhaps head tossing, head tilt, uh, opening of the mouth, um, uh, showing of the teeth and the tongue. We might also get extreme behaviours uh, such as bucking, rearing, you know, changing tempo, um, the horse you know, really looking unhappy uh, as well. So those facial expressions while the horse is ridden um, have also um, been reported on. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So if we are suggesting that the horse has pain, has a headache, and therefore um, we're concerned about it, then we're going to go into a, a more detailed assessment of that region. 
So uh, from a physiotherapy point of view, what I'd be interested in is trying to identify any dysfunction in movement. So looking at the available range of motion, both actively and passively, um, how willing are they to move if we use a bait? So we do our um, dynamic mobilization exercises, the carrot stretches, looking to see are they equal moving left and right and are they able to come into flexion and extension in the midline? We also want to palpate the area and this is useful to know how the horse is normally. So are they normally ear shy if you put your hand up towards the top of the head or are they normally happy for you to do so? It's interesting that horses that I perceive that have headaches suddenly become really responsive to even light touch around the pole and around the ears. But generally, I'm looking for changes in muscle tone and then obviously a pain response through a light or moderate pressure. And we're going to assess all the muscles in the region as sort of systematically as we can. Obviously, we can't get uh, deep into the spinal stabilizers, but if those are dysfunctional, then quite often we get a change in muscle tone. We get fasciculation, that twitching, uh, and uh, maybe at worst muscle spasm in the muscles that overlie the cervical spine. So I can you know, look to see that on my assessment. So then what I'm going to do about it is I'm going to firstly evaluate whether there's something more concerning. So interestingly, I had a horse that um, was presenting with head and neck pain and you know the owner suggested they had a headache or the horse had a headache. And on further examination, I actually were able to find that the nuchal crest, which sits just either side of the where the forelock comes out between the ears, uh, one side was in and we then sent it to the vet and it had it x-rayed and it actually chipped that area and we think that the horse had raised its head really quickly when it had been stood uh, with its face outside of a window on its stable and it whacked the top of its head unfortunately on the top of the the window um, and created some trauma there um, We've also, I've found horses that um, have these symptoms but have a markedly reduced range of motion in the upper cervical spine. And if that is the case and they've not been referred to me um, directly after a vet assessment, then what I will do is refer them to the vet because I want to exclude any bony cervical pathology because that is not within my scope of practice. And also we need to make sure that um, for the best interest of the horse that um, that is being addressed. And I have had horses on my caseload in the past. One particular that I remember was a point-to-pointer um, that unfortunately the horse in front of it had fallen and the this horse had run into the back of the horse in front. It actually carried on its race, um, got to the end of the race and it had a nosebleed um, and they thought that you know, perhaps it was just a facial bone fracture. But then when we looked at it afterwards, I was asked to assess it by the vet and um, we I found quite a, a severe amount of neck pain and actually it fractured the wing of its atlas, so its first cervical vertebrae. So that wasn't appropriate for physiotherapy at that particular time. Um, so if there's any neurological deficit as well, if there's any sign that the horse is 
uh, uncoordinated or there's any indication that any of the cranial nerves have been affected. So through my assessment, I'll look at symmetry of the face, the muscles, the way the eyes are held and the nostrils are held. And if there's any concerns about any neurological deficits, then they go, those horses will go straight to the vets. But if, um, you know, on assessment, we haven't got any red flags, anything um, that the vet needs to come and see, or the vet has already seen the horse and referred to me, then we're going to do something about the pain. So I'm going to treat to try and change the pain. And there's obviously various options to do that, whether they might be manual therapy, electrotherapy, or um, sort of exercise-based interventions. Um, that depends on the case, obviously. We're then going to restore range of motion if that is limited and ensure quality of range of motion and think about whether there's any further work that we need to do with regards to strengthening the area, so building up muscle bulk and trying to uh, restore sort of normal function and normal movement in that area. But what's really, really rewarding with treating the head and neck, or sort of say the upper cervical region of horses, is the really immediate change in the facial expressions of the horse. And the trigger for this podcast was, in fact, a picture that I put up on Facebook of a client's horse that I was treating recently that unfortunately had got its feet all, all, all uh, disorganised uh, when it was doing some raised pole work and uh, it, it unfortunately it did trip and stumble um, but when I treated the horse you could see all the expressions changed the eye softened uh, the you know the mouth lips and the chin relaxed and the horse seemed to visibly enjoy the treatment and then afterwards we assessed its range of motion so owners are usually really very good at telling me whether their horse looks happier now obviously I uh, assuming that that is as a result of the intervention as to reducing pain um, but I'll be asking them to monitor how their horses are, are after I've treated them and you know yourself if you've had a low-grade headache how sort of miserable that makes you feel so we want to assess the wider behavior of the horse has it changed in the way that it interacts with you know other members of its herd has it changed the way that it eats its food um, you know was it struggling or uncomfortable to reach down to the ground to eat from a bucket I'm going to encourage everybody at least in the short term um, hopefully in the longer term but to put the forage on the floor as well to replicate a normal grazing position um, and I want the owner to assess that for me ongoing after I've visited. So I hope that um, gives a little bit of background as to why I think horses have headaches uh, and then also that the fact that we can change them and from my point of view it's a very rewarding area of the horse to uh, be uh, treated. Unfortunately there's very very little research. Um, there is more on orthopedic pathologies and veterinary interventions such as uh, medicating with corticosteroids but not much on physiotherapy. We have got the ability to be objective by using palpation scores and pressure algometry but that's not yet reached the literature in terms of before and after treatment but it perhaps it's something I'll put on my list of research to do. 
So as ever, if you've got any queries or questions or comments, please do pop them in either the members Facebook group for Dr. David Marlin uh, members or obviously send us an email or comment underneath where you've seen this uh, podcast. Or of course, if you are enjoying the podcast, then it's really cool if you screenshot uh, your where you uh, listen to them and then share that on your social media and then tag us in it. That would be brilliant. So thank you very much for listening and I hope to catch you all soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that luxury quality within reach go to quince.com style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order quince.com style I hope you enjoyed this podcast and the Stable Science series. If you want to learn more about this topic and our work, head over to the drdavidmarlin.com website. Our website and community of members discuss a wide breadth of topics and the website houses thousands of articles, webinars, videos and research, all designed to help horse owners, riders, trainers and breeders achieve optimal performance for their much-loved horses. The drdavidmarlin.com site is an independent information resource for all equestrians, a source of unbiased, science-based research. To learn more about what we do and the hot topics under discussion, follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter.